One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Welcome to this week's Farm Talk I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue to review the situation facing agriculture in these very uncertain and unprecedented times amidst COVID-19. We hear from Ireland's South MEP Billy Kelleher and what's being done in Europe to offset the worst effects of coronavirus. A Cork scientist has thanked all those who worked on the development of a critical component for COVID-19 testing. It's been a collaboration between scientists from UCC, CIT, UL, Eli Lilly and Tagusk, among others. We hear how Livestock Live is operating amid the new Mart rules. Virtual Marts are now possible, and the first was hosted in County Meath last week. Doreen Corridan of Munster Bovine tells us how their operations continue, even with the COVID-19 restrictions. We have our weekly advisory from Chagask, Agriculture and Food Development Authority. Our advisor this week is Marie Flynn from Moorpark for Moy. John O'Connor is still on his cocooning sabbatical at this time, but good to hear his voice again as he keeps us up to date with some of the agri-news happenings over the past week and his contribution as co-producer on the programme again this week. IFA is maintaining its COVID-19 advice in light of the measures announced by the government. Agriculture still deemed an essential service and exempt from the current directive to stay at home. It includes farmers, farm labourers, farm relief service workers and others involved directly or indirectly in crop and animal production and related activities, including veterinary services. If you are a farmer or an agricultural worker, you should carry one form of identification with you at all times, like a driver's licence or even an IFA membership card. It's advised farmers carry a form of ID with them at all times in the COVID-19 restrictions. If you have employees, the advice is to provide them with a letter. IFA developed a template which you can download on their webpage, ifa.ie. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine is a telephone helpline to assist farmers with their queries in relation to the current COVID-19 restrictions in place. It's a dedicated helpline for farmers to seek advice on practical queries that they might have as they continue to fulfil an essential role in maintaining the food supply chain. And the information line number is 076 106 4468 and is open from 9.30am to 12.30pm and 2 to 5pm Monday to Friday. In addition, the department's also published a set of frequently asked questions on the coronavirus COVID-19 section of the department's website. IFA and FBD have launched a COVID-19 fund to support farmers. Supporting farmers and ensuring the agri-industry remains open is a main priority for FBD and IFA in this unprecedented pandemic, entering one of the busiest periods in the farming calendar. If a farmer is unable to carry out farm work because of COVID-19, a €500 Euro farm relief service voucher will be provided to assist in keeping farms operational at this busy time. Certain criteria will have to be met and full details are available at farmersupport at fbd.ie. Tagusk announced a new helpline this week for farmers, 
It's to assist with advice on a range of issues that they may face as they continue to do their essential work in maintaining the vital food supply chain. The number is 76 111 during office hours. Marie Flynn at Tiagas Moor Park for Moy explains. To get advice out to farmers on the range of issues that they may have or they may face as they continue to do their essential work in maintaining the food chain supply. This helpline is open to any farmer for a range of any issues day to day as they go along. And the helpline is opened every day, Monday to Friday from 9.30 to 12.30 and again from 2 to 5 p.m. We'll have more from Marie later on. The website Tagus.ie is also a prime source of information on the full range of issues facing farm businesses. Tagus helped in setting up a regional farm labour database that would link farm families with an available relief worker where a farmer or a farm worker becomes ill with COVID-19. This initiative by Tagusk, FRS, IFA and others will support farmers and families in the current COVID-19 outbreak. The coronavirus pandemic is causing serious disruption in the agriculture and food sectors. Tagus has put systems in place to protect clients and staff while continuing to provide support and essential services. Relevant information regarding how Tagus will operate throughout the pandemic, along with the online supports and services, are being provided online. Tagus advisory offices, colleges and research centres, apart from essential staff, are closed. Most Tagus staff are working from home and available on the phone. The transfer of information and knowledge to farmers and students will be through regular digital communication methods. Government introduced a new initiative called the Community Call to marshal volunteers, including all of the farming organisations around the country. Community Call brings together state and voluntary resources to combat the effects of COVID-19. It will coordinate community supports, get assistance to where it's needed and harness the voluntary energy of the country. Each local authority has a dedicated helpline and farming organisations are part of the official community support network in each local authority area. Over 5,000 calls were logged in the first week of the COVID-19 community call fora and alone the older charity had over 3,100 calls. Irish cooperative organisation Society Limited issued a reminder on the agri-trading sector which is open for essential farm inputs only. Co-op branches throughout Ireland are only permitted to trade under the new public health guidelines which were announced on Friday, March 27th. Co-op stores are designated as essential retail outlets and can continue to operate under strict protocols. Farmers recently welcomed the extension of the closing date for nitrate derogation applications from 24th of April 2020 to end of June 2020. Despite this concession, the impact of the COVID-19 on marts and farming life in general means that some farmers may still find it unfeasible to keep within the e-respective nitrates limits of 170 kgs and 250 kgs. Mr. Dennis Drennan, chair of the Livestock Committee of the Irish Creamery Milk Supplier Association, ICMSA points out that in the light of the disruption of normal mart services, farmers had been forced to retain stock on their holdings for much longer periods, thus breaching stocking rates as set out in the EU Nitrates Directive. Mr. Drennan has now called on the Department of Agriculture to introduce flexibilities to the nitrates regulations to ensure that farmers would not be penalised financially due to exceeding the respective limits of 170 kgs or 250 kgs with the derogation concession. 
The EU brought in the nitrates regulations as part of an overall programme to protect water quality, particularly in the agricultural catchment environments where water quality is constantly being monitored. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Thanks, John. A Cork scientist has thanked all those who've worked on the development of a critical component for COVID-19 testing. The lysis buffer has been in short supply around the world. However, a group of 11 scientists from CIT, UCC, COH, UL, Eli Lilly and Chagask have come up with a formula for the component. They've also had it verified and are offering freely to scientists nationally and internationally. It was spearheaded by CIT's Dr. Bridget Lucy, who told us that many people came together on the project at short notice. Well, actually what happened was that there was an international and still is an international shortage of a component when it comes to actually laboratory testing for COVID-19. And this particular component is something that you put in before you start the test reaction. And what it does is that it gets the virus out of the respiratory secretions that you're testing and it breaks open the viral particle itself um, and releases the genome basically of the virus not only that but this particular buffer this lysis buffer that the, the shortage is is there of um also um needs to protect the scientist from being infected with the virus so what we decided to do is as a, a group of people we started with dr martina scallon in the uh, in the school of microbiology in ucc and myself uh, talking about how we should try and make up a formulation of this lysis buffer and then between one thing and the other we ended up with 11 scientists from six different uh, addresses if you like who all came together collaboratively and what happened was that the Two scientists, in medical scientists in the hospital who were involved in testing for COVID-19 had a look at four of our formulations for, for this lysis buffer and they selected the best one. Um, so they need to have very high quality I suppose, reagents in order to give out very high quality results. So they would have to be really careful in anything that they were using. And it was they who did the road test of our, of our formulations, if you like. Uh, once then we had the best of those formulations together, then scientists and Lily got involved as well. So what they did was they had the ability to order in some extra reagents in because they needed to be able to scale up to even just producing, for example, four litres of buffer, um, which would allow maybe up to 8,000, 9,000 tests to be done because we use very little amount for every test, but it's quite necessary. So um, that was basically what happened. Uh, that was the, the situation over about a 10-day period we, we managed to get to that. Um, and then finally, last this past weekend, we spent Saturday and Sunday between the 11 of us, uh, all at remote locations, trying to get together our paper, which both gave the formulation. It also had a risk assessment, which we were very fortunate to get from, from two researchers, uh, Dr. Idel uh, Jurak and Dr. Sarah Hudson in Limerick University. Um, so we had all of those things together and we managed to write a paper between the whole lot of us over the weekend because we wanted to put it out there so that everybody else anywhere in the world who was short of, lys- uh, short of lysis buffer would be able to use the formulation and also to be able to read how it had worked when tested in the hospital laboratory with actual test samples. Cork scientist Dr Bridget Lucy of CIT who's worked on the development of a critical component for COVID-19 testing.
In headlines making the farm papers this week in the Farming Independent, dairy farmers facing 65 million euro hit from milk price cuts. Farmers getting to grips with the impact of the COVID-19 restrictions. NPA ploughing ahead with 2020 event plans. In the farm exam, farmers wait in vain for EU help as dairy industry enters uncharted territory. Only minor EU measures yet to help the agri-food sector. COVID effect has devalued beef exports. In the Farmer's Journal, March slowly getting back to business. Dairy markets on the brink as COVID-19 devastates all before it. Ireland pushes for action from Brussels. Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association says the announcement of an EU 540 billion euro COVID-19 rescue package is welcome, but doesn't go far enough and leaves a lot of unanswered questions. ICSA wants a temporary ban imposed on food imports from outside the EU in the case of food products which are badly impacted in the EU, saying there's no need to import meat and dairy products at a time when producers here are being told there's no demand for their product. ICSA President Edmund Phelan wants the European Union to provide interest-free loans and additional income support to help those barely able to break even. It says there's not enough urgency in helping the agri-sector. Mr Phelan has been outlining some of the problems. Farmers took to the factory gates and farmers didn't do that lately. 20 years since we saw something like that and this was two or three times as bad. Well, that was nothing compared to what you're going to see uh, in a few months. It's absolutely ridiculous to expect people to work for nothing. Uh, I, I know we're in an extremely difficult situation the country is actually in. But everybody, everybody has, to, has to pull together and everybody has to make a living out of it. We were losing money hand over fist before the COVID uh, crisis struck. The day is fast coming when farmers will not produce. Them. For years, they they're actually were producing more and more, trying to keep ahead of the curve. They're, they're losing or we say making less and less on it. They try to produce more. But all that has done is exacerbate the situation. Clearly, more has been expected from Europe in helping to lessen the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic for the agri-food sector. The government has sought additional supports for beef, storage aid for dairy, summer cap payments and fewer inspections. Measures are due to be discussed at the next meeting of EU agriculture ministers on April 27th. I spoke to Ireland South MEP Billy Kelleher and I asked him, notwithstanding the disruption caused by coronavirus, how the EU is getting to grips with the crisis. We can't travel to Brussels, so all our meetings are by video conference and remote communication. So, I mean, it does make it more difficult in terms of being able to interface with people. But look, I mean, certain things have to be done. Um, the committees um, are meeting. Uh, there's basic functioning of Parliament, should we say. And, um, you know, I mean, what we're trying to do is to ensure that the European Union, through the Commission and through the Parliament, is responsive to the needs of the citizens out there. So the first priority, obviously, is the health and well-being of the people in terms of the COVID-19 virus and how we tackle that. And then beyond that, to ensure that there's an economic stimulus available to the economies of Europe um, post-coronavirus to ensure that the damage that's being done by the lockdowns and by just the slowdown in the economies across the globe that that can be unwound and that we can get back to some form of normality in terms of commerce and trade, uh, employment, uh, you know, and just people getting back to normal life. And that includes agriculture as well. And the Commission President, Ursula van der Leyen, has been saying earlier this week that, you know, measures are in place and will be put in place depending on what's needed. But how soon, you know, could the farmers see that? 
Well, I think primarily, I mean, the, the immediate uh, announcements by the Commission, you know, were basically along the lines that this is considered a force majeure. In other words, it's uh, an act of God as such, so it's outside of the farmer's control themselves. So in terms of qualification criteria for common agricultural payments, gui- the, the guidelines, deadlines as well, that there should be flexibility and member states should uh, enact legislation to ensure that there's flexibility. So farmers, uh, when applying for um, support, uh, when filling in their forms, that there is a certain flexibility afforded to them because of the time delays in terms of, uh, you know, farmers just being able to do their work as well. Uh, they are being impacted as well by this. So um, the flexibility is the first thing. But beyond that, I think we have to be very conscious that, you know, food security, food supply is, is critically important. And there is challenges across the globe in some countries with regard to uh, ensuring that they have um, sufficient food uh, in terms of planting it uh, and processing it and, and harvesting it as well. So uh, Irish farmers, I think, you know, will have to look to the future in, in hope and in the meantime just weather this very, very difficult storm. But we'll certainly be raising the issue around... Um, support for market interventions if there is a complete fall off in terms of demand particularly for uh, perishable products um, like beef and milk um, and others so um, we have to be conscious that uh, the major pressures on the budget at the moment are for you know the COVID-19 how we tackle that through um, health um, hospitals and the pressure that it's just putting on the overall health system and then beyond that when we get to the other side of this and we will well, then we have to make sure that we have, as I said, an economy in place and with supports put in place for employers and for farmers as well. And that's the critically important thing is that we ensure that we have productivity, uh, support for farmers, and that they can continue doing what they do best, which is uh, providing high-quality food uh, to the people of Ireland, Europe and the world. And of course, like every other sector, farmers too wondering when these restrictions might be lifted. What's your own opinion on it, the way that it's, it's working at the moment? We know they have to be there and they'll be there for another couple of weeks at least, uh, based on it being the Easter weekend now and the restrictions aren't being lifted on the 12th of April, as had been the deal. So how long more do, do you think people will have to face this scenario? Well, I think there'll be an endurance for some time yet. Uh, there's no doubt uh, the restrictions are there for the right reasons. They were announced by the Chief Medical Officer. The government enacted those. Uh, they are having an impact in terms of the transmission rate of uh, the coronavirus. But at some stage, I mean, a decision will have to be made in terms of, you know, when we start to unwind these restrictions. Um, and, you know, we can't have lockdown forever. Simply, the economy can't sustain that. There will be massive unemployment huge rise in poverty and just basic functioning and living of any society would begin to so, you know, there comes this time when you have to take into account uh, not only the health implications of the population, but also the economic well-being of the people and, and the state and the government as well, just to fund itself. Uh, and I think that uh, decision will have to be made um, in conjunction with the government uh, and all the various agencies that are fighting the coronavirus. But, you know, when you look at what has happened in countries that reacted quickly, just like Ireland did, in fairness, reacted quickly, uh, they can get ahead of this uh, viral infection, reduce the, the transmission rates, and then uh, maybe we can start to unwind 
some of the lockdown measures to ensure that people can get back to work and get back to generating an economy that can support people that need it. And finally, with the framework details of a new government being finalised now, how does Europe view the developments here? The vast majority of the TDs that have been recently elected are supportive of the measures that are being put in place, so I don't think anybody's playing politics with coronavirus. Uh, there's an, an element of responsibility about allowing the caretake government that's there to get on with its business. But beyond that, at some stage in the near future, we do need a new government, um, a government that can actually make decisions uh, based on the new reality that's going to be confronting Ireland and Europe. And there is no doubt there's going to be a huge budget deficit. There's going to be um, a major shock to the the system in terms of our economic well-being. And um, there may be very unpalatable measures um, announced by government and you know, they will have an impact on citizens' quality of life and, you know, all those things will come at a, a very, very difficult time already for people just coming out of this particular um, coronavirus uh, epidemic that has swept across Europe and is sweeping Ireland. But we will have to um, bring forward an economic stimulus package and a government that will have a mandate that has the capacity to make difficult decisions, tough decisions, but decisions that will be required to ensure that we can get uh, our economy back on track, get people back to work and um, live with the new reality of, um, uh, you know, a world that has changed in terms of its economic outlook for the foreseeable future. Ireland South MEP Billy Kelleher, thank you. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's been described by an Irish retail chain as, quote, a coding error on beef on sale in their stores has prompted IFA President Tim Cullinan to call for clarification on the origin of the meeting question. The farm leader claimed that the retail chain had applied their own Produced in Ireland logo to the product which had been labelled as being from the Caspian Sea state of Azerbaijan. Mr. Conan implied that the retailer's produced in Ireland logo was in the likeness of the official board BQA quality assured logo and further contended this might have been misleading to some shoppers.
Mr. Cullinan criticised what he had claimed had been the use of the likeness of the Borbia logo incorporating the Irish national flag. He sought clarification from SuperValue on their beef sourcing policy, who for their part attributed the labelling issue to a coding error. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Next on the programme, we talk to Doreen Corridan of Munster Bovine. In a while, we look at how the organisation is dealing with the COVID-19 restrictions as it goes about providing its services. Munster Bovine says it continues to make decisions on a daily basis to safeguard employees, contractors and customers. A full service is available and fully operational moving into the breeding season. First, some of the issues with cows at this time. We're going to be starting uh, inseminating a lot of her donors on the 27th. So there are a couple of important things to be done now. The first thing with the cows is make sure their vaccinations are up to date. The second thing then is when the weather is fine there someday and you have a little bit of help, run all the cows through the crush after the morning milking, clip the freeze brand. Check that they all have two tags to make sure identification will be correct for the breeding season. Clip the rumps, tail paint all the cows, then pull out cows that are that little bit thin. Um, that will be kind of less than the body condition score of 2.75 and put them in once a day. Once a day milking. Or the other thing, what you could do with them is uh, her daughter was telling me recently what he does and it's quite a good idea. Is he identifies the thin ones, puts them in once a day, but what he also does is he drafts them out either after morning milking or evening milking to give them extra supplement of something like maize meal that's high in energy. Also make sure cows are fully fed at the moment, depending on the actual yield. So if we get some wet weather, I mean, watch the bull tank. If the bull tank is decreasing in volume or percentages, I mean, um, what the her donors need to do is they need to supplement. So make sure all the vaccinations are up to date. Run the cows through the crush, get the tail paint into them, get the identification right, make sure they're all fully fed, identify the thin ones, put them on once a day and give them extra supplementation. The other thing then is someday then arrange with your vet to come out some morning after morning milking and pull out all the cows that are likely to be issues for this breeding season. They are cows that had difficult calving, retained the cleanings, had milk fevers, had E. coli mastitis, and so forth. The other thing then is that we have to look at is with the maiden heifers. And with the maiden heifers, uh, again, make sure all their vaccinations up to date, make sure they're out of grass, and any of the lighter heifers, I mean, that are underweight at the moment, I mean, they'll be about less than 20 kilos, separate them out to a group, supplement them, but the important thing is breed them with the bunch. Do not delay them for three weeks for them to get a little bit stronger. Feed them, do you know what I mean? And uh, also then start feeding them grass that's deteriorating in quality there around July and they will be up to the weight for calving next year. And while we continue, Doreen, in this COVID-19 situation, how is Monster Bovine maintaining its services? At the moment, uh, we're continuing with the EDIY milk recording and with the... Um, technician service unfortunately we had to suspend the manual milk recording and with the EDIY milk recording and with the technician service basically we want her donors to help us so that together we can actually maintain the service so the first thing is is no contact whatsoever between the her donor and the technician however if there are a lot of animals to be inseminated um uh, and the help is needed, maintain the two-metre distance from the actual technician. 
Also do a lot of the work over the mobile phone. Maximise the use of the whiteboards. Um, so no contact is required with what cows are to be inseminated and what bulls they're actually to get. Uh, provide a foot bath for the technicians and also provide hand washing facilities, a simple bucket of water, soap and paper towel so they can wash their hands and leave in the farm. Our technicians then, um, they all have uh, washable um, overalls and boots and they'll be disinfecting themselves as they go from one farm to the other. They'll be all supplied with gloves, so at all times technicians will be wearing two gloves while they're actually on farm, and they'll be washing their hands and using hand sanitizer when they're leaving their farm, and before they go on to the next farm, they'll be fitting themselves with two new gloves and maintaining the distance. We've been asking all farming organisations how these restrictions are impacting on their day-to-day job. It's affecting everybody. But what we basically we must do is just be cognizant of the public health and do the best of what we can do, something within those parameters. But a big issue now uh, for herd owners is to make sure, something that they ensure the profitability of 2021 by achieving, something a high six-week calving rate and reduce the actual empty rate. So it's just back to make sure the vaccinations are up to date and prepare for the breeding season with the tail painting now in the pre-breeding season making sure cows are fully fed, uh, pulling out the tin ones and putting them on once a day, and pulling out the usual suspects and getting them checked with the vet. Thank you, Doreen Corridan of Munster Bovine, collectively improving farm life. It's been contended that it's unreasonable for the Minister for Agriculture and the EU Commission to insist that bee farmers who participated in the BEAM scheme to be required to reduce their livestock numbers by 5% for this year, commencing July 1st. IFA National Livestock Committee Chair Mr Brendan Golden said his organisation had put proposals to the Department of Agriculture to suspend the 5% beef beam scheme production reduction requirement. The terms and conditions of the beam scheme state that participants must, quote, reduce the production on the holding of bovine livestock manure nitrogen by 5% for the period 1st of July 2020 to 30th of June 2021 as compared with the period 1st of July 2018 to 30th of June 2019, as recorded on the department's systems. Slurry exports are not reckonable as reduction, end of quote. The IFA Livestock Chair confirmed the IFA had put their case for the dropping of the 5% to the Department of Agriculture, requesting that the Minister would get the necessary sanction from the EU Commission in Brussels. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Next on the Farm Talk programme, ICOS National Marts Committee has written to the Business Minister Heather Humphreys seeking three measures to be implemented which are specific to the Marts sector, in addition to other supports for the general business community. Marts now provide a limited range of services to facilitate their livestock transactions, but ICOS says these measures are all loss-making 20 livestock mart and simply a service provision to the wider rural community rather than representing any long-term strategy. Major costs for marts accrue from labour, rates and insurance, and in an effort to re-energise the sector, they're calling for one, a local authority rates amnesty for 12 months to be implemented immediately. Two, national government insurance underwriting of a proportion of mark business. And three, grant aid provision for investment in IT and online trading developments in Marts. Which brings us to Livestock Live, which has welcomed the decision by the Department of Agriculture to allow Mart infrastructure to be maximised. 
LSL have been working with a number of marts in recent years, providing them with leading-edge software and a farm management app. They've also been testing their novel technology with cameras and sales rings and an online bidding system. And they recently hosted Ireland's first virtual mart at Carneros Mart in County Meath. I asked Livestock Live Chief Executive Brendan Hannigan about their operations. Five, six years ago, we uh, looked at some marts in Ireland and we we had a conversation with a number of uh, prominent marts and we felt and they felt that the the technology needed to um, to to move forward, whereby people could uh, uh, bid and see lots being sold from outside the mart and. Um, with that, we, we set up the uh, development, which took about three years, and an app called the LSL app and the Livestock Live uh, um, online bidding platform. Uh, so with part-time farmers and, and also with people not necessarily being able to attend uh, uh, March, whether they're ill or whether it just doesn't suit them on the day, uh, the concept uh, came about. So we put the, the software into the March about two two and a half years ago around Ireland and uh, we've worked over the past 18 months to bring to the forefront the ability to stream live uh, images of uh, video from the Mart and also to allow people to bid in real time. We finished the development on the 23rd or 24th of March and literally that night the government uh, closed the Mart and said that it was uh, due to the uh, COVID-19 emergency protocols and that there uh, brought the, the development, obviously, into a, a, a different light. We were in discussions with the Department of Agriculture and also the, a number of marts around the country to, uh, to get marts back in on business and uh, open up the marts again. Shortly afterwards, on the 30th of March, the, the government gave uh, restrictive um, access and uh, opening of marts that they could weigh animals, and they could promote the sale and they could f- uh, facilitate the payment of livestock. Now, people and would have had an opportunity, if you like, Brendan, to see the Martin Action, the virtual Martin Action, uh, earlier on this week on, on RTE. Can you explain for people who would have seen that what exactly was happening there? What we had was in the morning, we had the animals uh, were dropped off at the Mart because the government effectively said that uh, the public cannot go inside the door of the Mart uh, to the ring to bid or to sell. Uh, so the, the the animals could be dropped off for weighing and for facilitating him of, of payment, but people couldn't bid in the mark. So we streamed the, the, the auction out on our Livestock Live platform and also on the LSL app. And people registered. Uh, there was, you know, a lot of animals, a lot of, over 200 lots of the leaves uh, at the mart on, on Monday. And uh, over 3,000 people logged on to, to see the very first virtual mart in Ireland. And 97% of all lots were sold. Uh, people were bidding online and they were viewing the animals um, on a live stream with an auctioneer in the mart. So effectively, the only people in the mart were the staff belonged to the mart and the auctioneer. And the auctioneer called out the bids as they came in on the live system. But people could also see the bids coming in as they were logged on and they could counter bids themselves or they could put in a proxy bid, which is their highest offer. And then the system would counter bid for you against any other bids coming in. So it, it was a you know phenomenal success. Uh, the second auction then went live on, um, the second virtual auction went live uh, in uh, Manor Hamilton in uh, Leitrim. 
Uh, the first one was in Conoros Mart in um, in Mead, and uh, there those two marts are fully open from uh, from next week. Both marts are back up to full speed, and they're they're doing complete virtual auctions where the animals are dropped off, people bid online, and they go and collect the animals that they've they've purchased. Livestock Live Chief Executive there, Brendan Hennigan. Now, our weekly advisory from Tagusk Agriculture and Food Development Authority. And we're joined this week by Marie Flynn of Tagus Moorpark for Moy to look at relevant matters on the farm this week. I began by asking her about the current grazing situation and how it's looking. Well, I suppose up to now, the growth rates have been poor enough. But with the change in the weather over the weekend, now we're hoping growth rates are finally turning around. So the first rotation should be coming to an end now around this week. Although this date is flexible enough and depends on the cover coming back in your first field graze, we have to bear in mind not to get bogged down in trying to finish all the fields in the first rotation if the cover on the farm, the rest of the farm is taking off. We need to keep an eye on those first fields, aiming to graze them once they reach a pre-grazing yield of about 1,200 kgs of dry matter per hectare. So we can mix and match um, this year between dipping in and out of the first rotation to fill the gap if we do not have enough covers around us to keep grazing. The remainder of the first rotation, which has not been left ungrazed, should be closed off for silage or bales. This ground can be topped up with fertiliser and aimed to cut in early May. And of course, farmers are always aiming for the best quality, so what can they do now to keep that quality? Well, to keep the quality at this time of year, we'd be aim to walk the farm regularly every four to five days to determine the current situation on the farm. This will decide if you need to speed up or slow down when grazing paddocks. Farmers with high covers of grass need to increase the cow's appetite by reducing the meal from about 5 kgs back down to about 2 to 3 kgs. This will allow for better clean-outs of the fields as they are being grazed. For farmers who carry out pasture measurements, try to target a cover of about 150 kg of dry matter per cow on the farm at the start of the second rotation. It is important to make sure the average farm cover does not drop below 550 kg of dry matter or even 600 on the heavier stock farm. Targets to start the second rotation when the fields have reached a pre-grazing yield of 1,200 kg of dry matter per hectare. And the breeding season fast approaching, so what can you do there to ensure that your breeding season in 2020 is a success? So I suppose the key is this time of year you want to do some pre-breeding checks on your herd to ensure all animals are cycling. This gives the farmers a chance to treat the cows that have problems to allow them to go back and calf. This can be done by using a number of different methods such as heat detection, monitoring body condition scores and then treating the problem cows. Pre-breeding heat detection is very useful to identify cows that aren't cycling in advance of the breeding season. Tail paint all the cows in the herd a month before breeding starts. You don't have to spend too much time observing them. All you need to do is note the cows that still have paint on. Any cows that still have paint remaining at the start of the breeding season should be examined to determine the reason they are not cycling. Then we can go on to look at the condition score of cows in a herd. We should consider putting the 10 cows maybe on once a day if they're down at a body condition score of 2.5 to 2.75 just to get condition on them. Any cows that have a problem during the calving season, such as a hard calving, head cleanings or mastitis, should be checked to see if they have any problems and if they need to be treated. 
The earlier that any infections or non-cycling cows are identified, the better their breeding outcomes, giving the maximum opportunity for each cow to go and calf before the end of the breeding season. This is why it is very relevant that early intervention happens. And I suppose health and safety on the farmery is important at any time, but now even in this crisis that we're in at the moment, I guess it is even all the more important. Yes, it is more important even because I suppose there's a lot more people around the farm these days. With people being home, there's a lot more family members and children around the farm. So we just need to make sure that health and safety is at the front of our mind at all times to keep everyone safe. Because the most vulnerable people on the farm are both children and older farms. So care also needs to be taken doing jobs at the moment, like using the machine machinery and spreading slurry. So do things like picking a windy day with all doors open when agitating and handling slurry to keep everyone safe at this time. Marie Flynn of Tagusk Moor Park from Moy. I mentioned last week the webinars that Tagusk have organised. The Signport series continues across April. Log on to tagusk.ie for details. Next Friday, they'll be discussing options to reduce greenhouse gases between 9.30 and 10.30 a.m. Cork dairy farmer Peter Heinz of spoke to us last week about day-to-day life on the farm amidst the coronavirus crisis. The Heinz family posted news this week in relation to a very public spat with Petty UK over the use of a video showing their daughter reading to calves. Hi guys, just a quick update on the events of the last few days. We are delighted to say that the video has now been removed from that site. A huge thanks to everyone for their support and a special thanks to the people that helped us make it happen. Hooray for farming! We're proud of the food we produce. Don't let anyone bully you. And that's so important. Don't let anyone intimidate you. Always be polite on social media. Uh, and a message to the public, if you want to know what happens on a farm, there's so many of us farmers on social media that are happy to engage uh, and tell you exactly what happens on, a, on farms on daily life uh, and how proud we are to produce food. The Heinz family there. A reminder again of the Department of Agriculture Information Line phone number 076 106 4468 open 9.30 a.m. 12.30 p.m. and 2 to 5 p.m. Monday to Friday and Tagish announced a new helpline this week for farmers 076 during office hours. Some little news items seen in various dispatches on Agriland. A farmer who told members of Angada Shiakana that his journey to collect an animal was essential was directed to return home after Gatha inquiries on the matter earlier today, Thursday, the 9th of April. Talking to social media, Gadi, based in County Meath, stressed the importance of only taking essential journeys as the country continues to wrestle with the impact of COVID-19. A tractor stopped by Gardaí in Wicklow recently was found not to have been taxed for 15 years. Many events are still on hold for the coming weeks as the country comes to grips with COVID-19. But do get out and about when and where you can this Easter. Exercise still very important, but of course being mindful of the restrictions issued by the government. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the programme this week. And we will have John back soon. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thanks for listening. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.